In today's episode, we talk about how to create a powerful relationship with money, how to recognize where you are right now and how to change it and how to change it quickly and effectively. Let's get started. Money Mindset with Girl Khan podcast will help you to break free from your limiting beliefs, reverse your money shame and to blast through your money blocks so that you can live a life of unlimited abundance. In this podcast, we will talk about mindset strategies and energy tools that will help you to understand and change your relationship with money, whether you're in a job, profession, or working on your passion. Change your relationship with money to change your life. I'm your host, Gul Khan. Let's get started. Let's first address this question, what is money? We've been talking about money for quite some time now, but what exactly is money? What do we mean when you say money, right? So let's define money first. Money. Money is just a measure of payment. It has no other meaning. It does not have opinions. It does not have any thoughts or, or you know, it's not uh, affiliated with one person and dislikes another person. It doesn't have any emotions like that. It's absolutely neutral. You can use money for good things. You can use money for bad things. It doesn't have a choice in how you use it either. It just exists. It just is. And in this 3D world, it's a measure for payment. And it doesn't have the power to decide where it goes. Wherever it's attracted, it goes in that direction. So it's also the ebb and flow of money. Money comes and goes. It's, that's how it does. It doesn't like to stay in one place for far too long. And that's what we talk, we'll talk about this um, in previous episodes. We'll talk about another later episode as well, how there's always an ebb and flow of money. It doesn't like to stay in one place. It likes to move around and it likes to go from one place to another because then it always needs to carry on moving. There's cash flow for a reason, but on its own, it doesn't actually have determining thoughts or ideas or beliefs that, you know, Bill's nice. I'm going to go and see her, you know. Mary isn't a good person, so I'm not going to go to Mary. It doesn't have thoughts like that. It doesn't have ideas like that. Therefore, good people can have money and bad people can have money. Good people can be without money and bad people can be without money. It doesn't, your character, who you are, what you are, doesn't actually determine whether money will come to you. However, as I will talk about in a later episode, there are different vibrations of money and the kind of character you have, the kind of person you are, will determine the sort of money you attract. But we'll talk about another time in a later episode. So let's think then, what is the determining factor? What determines whether money will come to you or, was it, or will not? As we just talked about in the previous episode, the determined factor is the meaning we have assigned to it. I went extensively over this so in the previous episode. And if you haven't seen that, please go ahead and watch that now. But so we, we know for a fact that the only thing that determines how much money comes to us is the meaning that we assign to it. And at the moment we assign a meaning to it, we, we create a belief about that thing. It doesn't matter money, it, this, is, this is universal. So whenever we have, whenever you assign a meaning to a particular thing, like you know, men are like this or women are like this, or, I mean, the, the climate is all this or the economy is this, the politicians is this. Whenever you assign a meaning to a particular thing, we create a belief around that thing, okay? Now, this is true for everything. However, the, the point that I'm going to talk about today is not necessarily, this is not necessarily your belief or your ideas. So if these are not your ideas, they're not your beliefs, 
Whose beliefs are they? That's a really good question. Now, from here, from this point, I need to go a bit more into psychology in terms of, you know, how your mind is developed. So between the ages of zero to seven, your conscious mind isn't developed. Actually, you don't, you're not born with a conscious mind. You're only born with a subconscious mind. So between the ages of zero to seven, your subconscious mind is the ruling factor and your conscious mind, which is a gateway, the gatekeeper, the, the pilot, as I like to call him, it's, it's, it's developing, it's growing up. Pretty much the pilot is born and is growing up. And because your conscious mind is the gatekeeper for your subconscious mind, that, that gate hasn't fully formed, right? And if that gate hasn't fully formed, it means everything is open. You are taking in everything that's going on. Hence, you're a sponge as a baby. They, they call babies' minds are sponges. They're taking everything. And that's why, because the subconscious mind is absorbing everything that's coming to it without any discernment, without saying, you know, that can't be right, or this makes sense, or that doesn't make sense. It doesn't have a choice. Your subconscious mind doesn't choose what's right and what's wrong. That's your, that's your conscious mind to decide. It just takes on what's given to it by, you know, by the programming and later on by the, by the conscious mind and works on that, believing that to be the truth, which means your programming was done with, you know, without you being consciously aware of it. And 80% of your subconscious programming is done between the ages of zero to seven by your primary caregivers, be it your mother, your father, your foster parents, your grandparents, your uncle and aunts, your, you know, your, you know, your, your nurse, your, uh, um, nanny, whoever you had, okay, the people who are responsible for you between the ages of zero to seven have the greatest amount of influence on your programming in terms of how you see the world works, how you see everything works, the way you tie your shoes, the way you have your food, the kind of food you like is all actually programmed into you and born liking spicy food. You program on that because if your parents like spicy food, you developed a taste for it. You got the programming that I like spicy food and I can't live without it. <laughs> Hands up, that's for me. And so therefore, that's how you view world. You know, food without spices is blunt, right? And how I'm going to tie my shoe and how I'm going to dress myself and how I'm going to see the world and how the world works. Basically, your paradigms about how everything works has been given to you by your primary caregivers between the ages of zero to seven. This is crucial for you to understand, Okay. And that is when we got programmed, uh, we were programmed belief, we get programmed beliefs about everything, not just money, but everything, okay? And some of those beliefs become our paradigms. Obviously, you, you do have, um, you know, some, some more uh, programming goes on in the adolescent years and, and maybe in the early 20s. But by, your, by the time you're in about, uh, 21, 22, early 20s, your subconscious mind is fully formed. It's already fully formed, Right then it's very difficult for you know for you to change automatically then you have to actively work on it to work out what beliefs do i have what beliefs have become my paradigm and what do i have to change i'm going to use an example here example for the longest time people believed that the earth was flat that was their paradigm and they refused to accept that the world was not it could be round or curved or whatever it is but they didn't accept it right because that was their paradigm that was a given belief. If I tell you tomorrow that the, the sky is um, blue, um, you, know, you say, yeah, it probably is if it's sunny, whatever. But if I tell you, oh, the sky is purple, you think, really? Why is it purple? It can't be purple. It's never purple. You must be mistaken. You must be colorblind. Do you see what I mean? Right? Because if you start viewing things in a particular way, right? The problem is, and this is something that which a lot of the NLP people talk about, and this is where my NLP training comes in handy, you're, you never question your paradigms. 
You never question them. Yes, you question other superficial beliefs, but some of your paradigms, you don't question some of your paradigms, especially if you come from a religious background, some of your paradigms around money would be the money is the root of all evil. Money causes you unhappiness. If you're, if you're rich, you can't go to heaven. These are core paradigms that people have, especially if they're from a religious background. I get the biggest flack from people who are religious. I have people, you know, citing of the Quran to me and um, the Bible to me and other things and so forth. And I'm saying, thinking, well, nowhere in the Bible, nowhere in the Quran or nowhere in the Bhagavad Gita does it say you have to be poor to be, you know, for you to be a good person. You can be wealthy and be a very good person as well, right? Where does it say that you, how, you can only be poor and be a good person? You can only be poor and God, for God to like you. God would like you because of your character, not, not because of the money, amount of money you have. And if you have more money, you can help more people. Why would, that, why would God not be happy with that? So these are where the core beliefs come in and they've been reinforced again and again. So not only do we have these paradigms, the way we look upon the world is through these tinted glasses. And therefore, the way we see things reinforces our beliefs and ideas and we get stuck in a habitual way of thinking. And this is really, really, uh, you know, really, really powerful. And therefore, people remain stuck in, this, in these paradigms for years. And then someone, someone like me comes along and just questions every single what last one of them. So the starting point for you would be, and, I, and I, I've, done, I've done this, there's so many core paradigms, core beliefs that people have ingrained into paradigms. And that's why I've done uh, one of my programs is called Millionaire Foundations. I've literally done them you know, on that because it's foundational work. You have to go through all of those beliefs, like I'm too old, I'm too young, I'm too, et cetera, et cetera, to make money because these are universal beliefs. I don't have enough time, money. And if you really dig deep, you find out that the core belief is money is the root of all evil. And they're worried about becoming corrupt or something like that. Or some of the programming that was given to by the parents. So now your question is to yourself, okay, so what meaning have I already assigned to money? This is the question you should be asking yourself right now. If I don't have the kind of money that I want and I'm an amazing entrepreneur or I have an amazing profession or I, I, I'm, I'm doing so well, don't, why don't I have the kind of money that I desire? And I want to, uh, to stop here for a moment and give you an example. One of the people that I spoke to a while ago and I was speaking to this lady and she's a doctor, she's a GP and her husband um, is rather an IT expert. So their combined income was around 150,000 pounds. That's approximately probably over $200,000. Yet she was talking to me in stress and frustration because they were under a lot of financial stress. How can you not be thriving on 150K? People don't because when you have really weird and negative relationship with money, regardless of the amount of money coming to you, you will get rid of it very quickly or you will create situations where the money is drained from you, taken away from you, or you have financial losses and financial traumas and so forth. And this is very common. This is what I see so often. People who are talented, people are amazing. And this is also true for, for musicians and creative people that you know, there's an idea, there's a paradigm that's, that, you know, that we get handed down. That if you're creative, then you can't, you, should, you don't go after money and therefore you cannot make money from your art. I had another, another client that I, I, I'm working with and he's an amazing artist, amazing, amazing artist. But he has this, had not anymore, but he had this in, uh, paradigm that because he's an artist, he cannot make money from his art, right? It's ridiculous, but logically it's ridiculous, but subconsciously that's what's true for him. 
And this is what's true for many creative people. There are so many talented musicians out there who do not make money, much money from the, from the craft because they don't have that relationship with money. Yes, they give excuses that the market's like this and people like this and they don't have opportunities. I'm here being, you know, being the devil's advocate saying, mm, really, it's your energy around money. Because of that, you're pushing money away. You're not bringing money to you. So the idea is not to push money away, but to bring money to you. And the best way to do that first is work out. Okay, so let me, what's the starting point? What's my starting point? How do I feel about money? What meaning have I assigned to money? Because the meaning you have assigned to money is part of the energy you are sending out into the universe. Remember we talked about this in the last, in last um, episode. You're sending this energy out into the universe and therefore that's what the universe is responding back to. If you're sending lack and scarcity energy out into the universe, that is what's going to show up in your 3D world because that's what you're receiving. That's what your satellite can receive. If you set your radio to FM 104.5, you're not going to receive a signal, MW, a media wave, 36, uh, 37.8. You're not going to do that, are you? You have to receive the signal from 104.5. That's how, if that's true for radio, that's also true for your internal satellite. Does it make sense? You know, the law of attraction states, and this is where most people get wrong with the law of attraction. They think they can set and chant affirmations and, and get, you know, get the law of attraction to work in their favor. And then when it doesn't, they say, oh, well, this law of attraction doesn't work and it's a load of probation. This is not true and this is all cobswallish. Well, the actual fact is, the law of attraction is always, always working. It just doesn't work in your favor because you are not using the universal laws. You are actually working against the laws. If you are spending so, uh, you know, most of your time subconsciously pushing money away because you have assigned negative emotions and negative ideas and you have negative paradigms when it comes to money, then even if you're consciously thinking positive about money for five minutes, 10 minutes or an hour a day, you're not going to reap the fruits of your labor because you have 23 hours working against you and just one hour working in your favor. And here I want to stop and say, even when you're sleeping, right? Because remember your subconscious mind does not sleep. You're still sending out, um, you know, you're in through your dreams and through your, through your, through your energy, negative or positive emotions about a thing. This is why when you go to bed, that's the best time to meditate and actually have positive and think about positively about your, your, what, your, you know, what you desire and allow your subconscious mind to be thinking about that when you go to sleep. So the, so, so the entire duration of your sleeping time, your six, seven hours, whatever it is, or eight hours, your subconscious mind is actually you know, thinking positively about that particular thing rather than negatively. Yeah? So law of protection says that your, your experience of money including how much you manifest, how much you keep in your external world is a direct reflection of the vibration you hold within your inner thoughts and feelings. This is what the law of attraction states. But most people fail to understand this and then they don't take active steps and then they blame law of attraction that it doesn't work or it's just, it's just hobswallish. Okay? So this means if you have consciously or unconsciously assigned a meaning to money that's disempowering, i.e. is negative, belief about money, example, money is the root of all evil, that is what is going to, be, it's going to show up in your life. And this negative belief, okay, is the, the, this is the energetic signal that you're sending out into the universe, and therefore money is just responding back. Remember the point, the like attracts light, okay? This is absolutely crucial that we understand if money is not showing up in your 3D world, it's because of the signal that you're sending out through the ethos of the universe and money is just responding. 
So that means, now take it this way, take this as a way to empower you. If you change the meaning you give to money, you will change the vibration you're sending out into the universe, which means money can flow into your life. This is key. It's as simple as that. And how you change your vibration is not by sitting there chanting affirmations for five minutes a day in the morning and the evening. It's actively looking at saying, what are my current meanings or beliefs or feelings around money? And this is why you need to address not just uh, money itself, there's different types of money. So I will, in a later episode, go on to talk about money and savings in the form of savings, money in the form of debt, money in the form of income, and the money in the form of potential income. Okay. And that, and obviously we'll talk about toxic money too. So in a later episode, we'll go over this and talk about how can you change and how can you actually recognize your negative beliefs around money in those different forms. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. It's been amazing being sharing it with you. If you're enjoying this video series and if you're enjoying or if you're enjoying this podcast, please leave a review for us. And if you're watching this on YouTube, then please leave a comment. And I do read the comments and do respond back. And I would love to hear from you anyway. And uh, if I can help you in any way, if you have any questions or if you have a particular topic that you wish you want me to do a video on or a podcast episode on, then please do write to us at girl at girlcon.com. And remember, you can always visit us girlcon.com. And if you want to get more information about us, look at gokhan.com. Until the next time you meet, this is Gokhan signing up. Thank you. Bye for now. If you want to learn more about my energy tools and mindset strategies, then please visit my website, www.gulkhan.com. That's G-U-L-L-K-H-A-N.com. And if you want to take part in our free five-day millionaire mindset makeover challenge, where I deep dive into energy tools for abundance, then please go to www.millionairemindsetmakeover.com and register. I look forward to being your mentor in our free five-day challenge. Until the next time we meet, this is Gul Khan. Bye for now.